services, right? <laughs> so don't look at the clock. Don't. <laughs> it's not something we made up. It's actually something you did. And so, Lord, we just bless you for that. And how many of you would just make this prayer with me? More, God, more, more, Lord, in all of these things, healing to your people. Thank you, God. All right. Take your Bibles, if you would, this morning. And uh, turn to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. We are now live on Facebook. I would encourage you, if you feel like there are some people that God wants to hear and be a part of what we're doing in the next few minutes, you can text them, send them a little thing, encourage them to, to check in and be a part of what we're doing. How many of you know that God is not stingy with what he wants to do? And we should not be either. We should just give it away. So, Lord, we just bless any of those that are coming online with us right now and those that are going to hear it later through the podcast. We believe that God not only has good things for us, but he has good things for you wherever you are this morning. Uh, one of the things we've been doing is we are in the midst of a 14-day uh, fast. We call it fasting and feasting. And, again, fasting is not one of those topics that people <laughs> get too excited about in a lot of ways because, again, how many of you like to eat? Anybody like to eat? Right? And uh, food is good. In fact, God even said, taste and see that the Lord is good. So even God, you know, is in it. And when we get all done, at the end of time, we're going to have a marriage supper of the Lamb. Sweet. All right. And I'm just saying there's going to be tacos there. That's all I'm saying. On the marriage supper of the Lamb, there's going to be tacos. So I'm just declaring that right there. <laughs> Amen. God is good. But in, the, in this interim time where we're on this planet, there's this thing that's throughout the whole Bible called fasting. And fasting, in the very simplest thing, is denying yourself food or the way you normally eat food to gain some spiritual insight or some victory over, over something, right? And even Jesus fasted, Moses, you know, all, pretty much all of the main characters in the Bible fasted. The New Testament church fasted when they sent out people and when they were moving in a new direction. And the question that many people ask is, why does me not eating have any significance to the world around us? And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot this week as various times I've gotten hungry. <laughs> Anybody's tell me do a little rumbling this week, right, some of you? And, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it completely, but I do know this. God has given us the gift of fasting to help us on our journey. But here's the thing I really feel like God told me this week, and I feel like God wanted me to share this this morning. Fasting is not trying to convince God of something. See, sometimes people get spiritual stuff going on, and we feel like, okay, maybe not, let's take fasting and just put it there for a second and some of the other spiritual disciplines that we have. Like some people think, and I've heard them pray this way, why isn't God answering my prayers? I did my devotions every day this week. <laughs> you know, like, I read my Bible, and I prayed for 15 minutes, and I did my spiritual thing. Now that I've put in the hard work, God has to answer my prayer. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? How many of you know it doesn't work that way? That's not what God, God isn't like, oh, sweet. They checked off their to-do box today. Wow, I'm so proud of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How many of you know that as sons and daughters with a father who loves us, he actually wants to give us good things? 
And he's more concerned about our relationship with him, right? And to see the way he sees. See, when we talk about fasting, we're really talking about positioning. I'm not quoting him exactly, but I love the way Bill Johnson says it. He says that fasting just helps me be more aware of who God is and what his truth is and that I can see the way he sees. Anybody here want to see more like God? (laughs) Have you ever found yourself seeing something and then you realize a little bit later that that really wasn't the way God was seeing it? Case in point, the church has gotten way off track in a whole bunch of areas over the last several hundred years. You know, like, I, how many of you know that when <laughs> it says in Mark chapter 16 that they shall drink no poison and it, or the, any poison and it will not harm them, or they'll pick up snakes and they, will, and, the, and they won't get bit and die. It doesn't mean we're supposed to pick up snakes and drink poison, right? I mean, it's kind of silly, right? But it does say that, and, and again, if I'm in the Word and I'm listening to God and how does He see things, I'll go, oh, okay. So I'm not supposed to pick up snakes and I'm not supposed to drink poison and do these things. That's not really the point of it. I want to see through his eyes, right? Some churches we do a little different. Sometimes churches have this thing where, you know, everybody has to wear suits and ties and dresses up to here and down to there, right? Right. And they can't wear tennis shoes or untuck their shirt. I'm just saying. This isn't that church. Because I'm wearing tennis shoes and I got my shirt untucked, right? How many of you know that God isn't concerned with what we look like on the outside as what's on the inside? And I will tell you this, when we fast and when we pray and read our word and we do these things, it's not a spiritual exercise for the sake of it. It's so that we would see and hear things that we didn't see and hear before. That word, that Bible you hold in your hand is not simply a book of some good writings and teachings and stories. It's actually meant to change us in ways that we can't even imagine. When we pray, it's not a check-off-the-box thing. Fasting is not a check-off-the-box thing. Oh, okay, now I'm so spiritual. God has to answer my prayer. No. It's saying, God, I really want to read this word and see what you see. I really want to hear your voice in ways I've never heard it before. And I will tell you that when you fast, this can actually happen. And it's happened in my life so many times, and it's happened in many of your lives as well. Uh, in fact, this morning, uh, does anybody have a quick testimony or maybe a couple of testimonies of doing some fasting even this week and God has shown you some things or there's been a breakthrough in some areas? Anybody have some breakthroughs or some things that God has done? Maybe, let's start with that. Just raise your hand if you feel, if this week as you've been fasting and praying, some of you, you feel like God had something that he showed you, something that he shared with you. Amen? I was talking to a gentleman this morning, and he was, in, in fact, Joe even shared during the, uh, during the Sunday school hour how the minute he started fasting, he started getting these massive headaches. Now, mind you, we get that when we don't eat. Sometimes we can get a headache. But his, he felt, was very different. It felt different. And uh, Joe, we spoke the other day, and he shared it this morning how, like, like, yes, that can be part of fasting. But how many of you know that when we choose to do something spiritually different, the enemy's not going to be happy with you? And it's entirely possible that he's going to attack and do those things. But here's the thing. Isaiah 58. We're going to do 10 benefits in 10 minutes. You ready? Here we go. 
Isaiah 58. Last week, we looked at several things. We looked at, uh, number one, that fasting and getting insight can loose chains. Isaiah 58, verse 6 says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. How many yokes? Every yoke. Again, are we in on this or are we not? How many of you know that God actually wants to set people free? How many of you know that God actually wants to set you free? Like, I, I get this mental picture sometimes in churches. We sing the songs. We don't actually live the songs, right? <laughs> I just get in a mental flash. Like, like uh, uh, what's the Christmas, Christmas uh, story, Ebenezer Scrooge? What the, what's it? What's the, Christmas Carol. And, uh, you know, the, the ghosts of Christmas past and all that, and they come in with all the chains, you know, and like this. I think sometimes Christians look like that. Like we walk around with all these chains, and God says, Psst, you don't have to walk with those anymore. <laughs> like I'm actually set you free from that. It's part of, what, the part of this deal. And I love fasting because fasting can help us see things like that and break chains in our own life and also help other people be set free. Number two, we looked at last week, that the loose of chains and then also a change of heart in verse 7. We don't have time to read all of this today, but it, verse 7 talks about how we're going to view people differently, view the poor differently, view people even in our own families differently. We have a, a change of heart in how we see and experience people. Number three, uh, verse 8, it says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn. <laughs> how many of you like light more than darkness? Last night I, I got up in the, in the night and I had to get up and uh, it was so dark. And uh, actually it was two nights ago. And we have one of those big box fans in our room that Jody likes the sound and the air and everything. I like box fans too. I just don't like them in the dark, man. Bam, I hit this thing. Boom, this big thing. Jody sits up in bed like, what are you doing? You, you knucklehead. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry, right? How many of you know bad things happen in the dark, but if the light was on, how many of you know I wouldn't have hit the fan, right? And I believe that God wants to bring light into the darkness of our lives and people around us. He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And then number four, it says, and your healing will come quickly, will quickly appear. Earlier this service, I said that when we pray for people, we're just going to declare healing. Why do you think I say that? She gets a star for the day. <laughs> Honor student right there. How many of you know, and, and again, I grew up, and sometimes we see this even now, where people pray like they want healing more than God does. Oh, God, please, you know. They, and, uh, you know, my kids sometimes, my youngest ones, have fallen into a little bit of a rut in their prayer. So when they go to pray for someone, they went to pray for Mr. Mike I think it was last week, right, my daughters. And we, Mike's having a knee issue, and so we were going we're gonna to lay hands on him. And my girls, I've taught to say, Lord, to, to thank him and praise him for things before we start asking him for stuff, right? Which is good, because I think we should be grateful. But it can also slip into, I can't really pray for you until I sufficiently thank you for these other things. It can become a religious thing. And so my girls, like we were doing a quickie prayer on Mike over here, and they're like, God, thank you for this beautiful day, and thank you for all, you know, they just went into this whole thing. And I felt like God just quickened me and said, listen, 
It's good to be grateful in our normal prayers and thankful. It's a huge part. But how many of you know that when we're praying for people, we don't have to base our prayers on how thankful we are for, you know, this, this other things. We can just say, Lord, your healing wants to come quickly right now. And so I'm going to just speak your word. And it doesn't have to be a big, long thing. <laughs> and maybe it's for the sake of the condensation of the gospel. In other words, keeping it smaller books. I don't know. But do you ever see Jesus having long conversations with the demons? Do you ever see Jesus having long conversations with sickness or disease? What does he say? You got 10 lepers. He says, all right, you're healed. <laughs> that's it? That's all you got to do? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. The power is what heals, not the amount of words we speak. You could write that down. That's a good one right there. <laughs> or as Chris Valentin would say, you know, that's good right there. That's, that's good preaching right there. Right? Why? Because we're so prone to relying on our effort and our works and all that. You know what? It's him. It's not about me. It's not about me. So, Lord, when you say in fasting that your healing will come quickly, how many of you know that's actually his desire? And fasting, I think, can help us see that. When I fast, I actually... Okay, I'm going to make sure I say this the right way. I pray more. I like to pray when I fast. But when it comes to praying for people, when I'm fasting, I have much more confidence that God's actually going to do what he said he would do. Do you agree? How many of you have had this experience? That when we listen and we're hearing his voice, we go, hey, I don't have to talk you into anything, God. You actually want to heal them. So healing. <laughs> you know, healing will come quickly. Amen? So loose the chains, number one. Number two, change of heart. Number three, a light overcomes darkness. Number four, healing comes quickly. Number five, righteousness before. In verse 8 it says, then your righteousness will go before you. Wow. Your righteousness, your right standing with God actually goes before you. I just feel like there's some people that struggle so much with this because there are many people that aren't fully convinced that God has forgiven all their sins. I believe that's one of the big things that the enemy holds over us. He's because he wants to constantly remind you of past failures. Folks, again, when the Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, so I have removed your sins from you, that means they're completely gone. When the Bible says I have washed you whiter than snow... That actually means your sins are not to affect you anymore. When the Bible says that I will remember your sins no more, it actually is that. Folks, I'm tired of us walking around in chains that we're not righteous enough or I'm not good enough to be a minister because of all this junk I've had in my past. Folks, it's time we start standing in our righteousness. And then, what does it say? As I fast, I begin to say, Lord, it's, I am righteous. I am completely clean. I don't have any stain on me. And my righteousness then what? Begins to go before me. I begin to go, whoa, you know what? I get to walk in this. Because if your righteousness is going before you, it's almost like a light into the darkness. I can see where I'm going. I'm not going to bump into any more fans in the dark, right? I'm not going to stub my toe on a Lego or whatever it is, you know. Like, I actually get my righteousness will go before me. I would say this. 
Let fasting this week, whether it's skipping a meal or doing the Daniel fast, vegetable water thing, or what, I don't, how many of you know God doesn't really care? <laughs> He's not legalistic that way. If you want to fast for the next seven days, go for it. You want to fast for one day, go for it. You want to fast a meal a day, go for it. It doesn't matter, but here's the thing. Say, Lord, as I limit my food intake, as I fast, I don't understand all of it, but I do know this. I'm positioning myself to more readily hear and see what you see and more readily hear what you're saying. If your righteousness isn't going before you and you're still stumbling over past sin, maybe that's an area God wants to say, listen, skip breakfast, go to the Word, and let me tell you what it really means, my righteousness and my love and my grace and my forgiveness over you. And then you'll begin to see things. Your righteousness will, like, like the dawn, it says, it will break open, right? Number six, it says, and God's, so my righteousness will go before me. And then it says, and God's glory behind me. Like God is, he wants to back you up. How many of you think it's good to have your righteousness before you and God backing you up in every situation? Hallelujah. Verse number seven, we'll jump to this real quick. Number seven, and it's verse nine. It says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. Can you say that with me? Let's read this verse together. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Okay, so here's the deal. I feel like God has really put this service together today from the worship and some of the things we focused on. Like, is victory written over my chest or not? Right? Because here's the thing. As we move from here this week and go to Monday and Tuesday and all these things, I have a choice to make. I either walk in what we've experienced today or I fall back into fear and doubt and all that stuff, right? The choice is ours. So I look at a prayer like this or a verse like this and it's actually God speaking through the prophet to who? The people, He's speaking to us. So here's the thing. If you start to pray this week and the enemy comes in and says, well, you're not this and this and this, and and God is busy answering somebody else's prayer or whatever, you get to take that verse and say, "Uh uh-uh. Right here it says, then you will call. Actually, back up. Take out the you and put I in it. Right? Then I will call and the Lord will answer. I will cry for help, and he will say, what? Here I am, right? I would say this. Some of you, it's a praise. You're like, yeah, then that's it. God is doing that, and I can see him. Some of you, it's a prayer. The declaration actually is a prayer. The verse has to become a declaration of saying, okay, I'm not feeling it too much, but I'm all in. This thing is either all true or none of it's true. And so I look at that verse, and I say, God, you promised. <laughs> How many have kids and you say something to them and they remind you of said promise forever? <laughs> so last year, I told all my kids I was going to take them to a movie, a daddy-daughter or daddy-son date. And I, I did this. I actually... Okay, I don't know if we shut off the Facebook or not, but Bad Parenting 101, I don't know what you want to call it. But one day, my daughter, 
I have three, so I won't, I'll just let, I'll just leave it a mystery. It was Susie. <laughs> Susie did the whole, I'm so sick, I can't go to school today. And we're like, okay. So we said, okay, no school. How many of you know, an hour later, she's like, boom, <laughs> miraculous healing, right? <laughs> and I looked at her, and I had an option as a father, I could have said, hey, uh, let's take your butt back to school and get you, you know, none of this fake sick business. But you know what I did? I went the other way. I said, hey, Suze, let's do our daddy-daughter date right now. And we went and saw Sing, you know, the movie Sing. It was in the theater at the time. And I said, hey, so popcorn and candy. And I just did the whole thing. Why? I wanted a, the daddy-daughter date thing, right? And I, I remember thinking that, going, you know, my father, he loves me so much. And I love Susie so much. And so I'm going to take her to this thing, do my, do my thing. I kept my word with Susie. How many of you know I have other daughters? Anybody know I have other daughters? So Sally actually, well, she has this, we have these movie cards, you know, and she's constantly reminding me of, hey, Dad, uh, we still need a daddy-daughter date. You know, I'm like, okay, next time you fake sick, we'll go. Just, just kidding. Just <laughs> But she's constantly reminding her father of what I have said. She never lets it go, and I'm going to take her to a movie. I'm waiting for a really good one. Then I'll just I'll rip her out of school, and we'll go. It'll be so fun, right? But here's the thing. As sons and daughters, we have a right to remind the father of the promises and the words that he said. We have absolute right to look at daddy and say, hey, dad, it says here that when I pray, you're going to listen. You're going to answer. You're going to come for help. I have a legal right as your son and your daughter to declare your promises over my life. I don't have to question or fear or doubt. I actually get to go, Dad, <laughs> you said it. I'm just reminding you. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? And I would just encourage you this week. There's some of you that, you know, you're not really getting the answers you want. Well, you know what? You get to take, Dad, guess what? Pastor Steve said on Sunday, this is true. And guess what? It's all true. <laughs> Amen? Oh, remind him of his promises. Real quickly, last three things. Number eight, verse 11 says this. Jump down to verse 11. It says in verse eight, I'm sorry, verse 11, it says, the Lord will guide you always. It's, hey, you know, there's no empty words in the Bible. God didn't say, hey, just throw a bunch of words in there. Well, this, you know, nope. Every single word is true. And every single word, again, we can, we can lift it up to Daddy and say, God, Father, you said you would be my guide. If you're in a confusing place and you don't know what to do, you get to say that verse. And I call it, number eight, supernatural guidance. Supernatural guidance. Like, I don't have to figure it all out on my own. I don't have to try to, oh, what am I going to do? I get to say, Lord, you promised that you will guide me always. It's pretty awesome, right? It's like this supernatural GPS that never gets it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, God will guide you. He's going to tell us where to go. Okay, number eight. And again, say it with me. Always. Just say it out loud. Always. Always. Not some of the time, not maybe, not sort of, always. Supernatural guidance, always. Number nine, verse 11, the second part. He says this. 
He's going to, the Lord will guide you always. And then it says, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Some Bibles it says dry places right there. Folks, we've got to start declaring the truth, right? If you're in a dry place, if you're in a sun-scorched land, it feels like you're just roasting and it's no, there's no fruit or abundance or, or, or relief in any way. He says, listen, I will satisfy your needs in a dry place. And again, it's not a, it's not a nice thought. It's not just a, you know, uh, <laughs> a suggestion or a hint of some kind. It's actually a promise. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. It's supernatural provision. I, I, this verse, there's certain words that jump out. How many of you like the word satisfy? I mean, just saying it sounds fun, doesn't it? Satisfy, right? Satisfy. Again, I think the church has gotten it so wrong for centuries. We think to serve God, we have to just suffer. I just don't believe that, right? I want to give my kids good things, <laughs> My daughter has a birthday. Sydney has a birthday right before Christmas. She's on the 20th of December. How many of you got December birthdays? Anybody in here? Oh, okay. So you feel her pain, right? She wants to celebrate a half birthday in June and her birthday in December because she always feels like she gets chipped. Well, we're constantly trying to make sure she has a good birthday and then give our kids a good Christmas, right? Well, this last year, we... We just did too much. I'll just be honest with you. We just gave our kids way too much. We just blessed them all over. But how many of you know when you have so many presents under the tree that you can't even put them under the tree, there's a certain excitement about that, right? And so mom and I, we just blessed our kids. We spent more money than we should have. We just, and yesterday, Sydney, my daughter, says to me, she goes, Dad, this was the best birthday and Christmas I've ever had. And how many of you know that as a father, you go, nailed it, <laughs> right? And I thought, you know, that she had a sense as she spoke that of satisfaction, didn't she? She was satisfied. She felt good about what her father and her mother had done for her. And I think, if that is human for me, how much more is that for your father? Like, he actually wants to satisfy you. You know, and it's a funny thing, right? Because this is a chapter on fasting, which is denying yourself food and, and, you know, water for some people, but mostly just food. And yet, within fasting, he wants to satisfy. How many of you know that satisfaction isn't a cheeseburger? Right? Like, when you're fasting, you want to eat a cheeseburger or you want to go do this thing, right? But this, he's talking about the things that really matter inside of you. Things like peace and joy and a contentment with who God is and, and his pleasure over us. and Satisfy. Just say it with me again. Satisfy. Satisfy. All right. And then the last one. Verse 11. We'll just read the whole thing. The Lord will guide you always. Supernatural guidance. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Supernatural provision. And then the last one. And he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. 
Wow. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a desert before, but this last summer we visited uh, Death Valley. You guys ever been to Death Valley in California? Hottest place in North America? It was off the charts that day. I think we hit it at, was it 120? 129? Was that it? How many of you know that's a little warmer than El Pastor is used to, right? Like, I tend to sweat pretty easy, you know. And I'm thinking 120 through 100, whatever. Man, we, it was hot. And I'm telling you, it didn't take long in that sun-scorched land before I wanted some satisfaction. And some of you are old enough to remember, do you remember those old nice Nest Tea commercials? And the guy would stand there, and there would be a big pool, and he'd be hot, and he'd just fall back into the, and they call it the Nest Tea Plunge. You remember this? And I just think that mental picture in my mind of being in the Mojave Desert in Death Springs, you know, or Death Valley, and there's this pool, and we just go, boom, and we fall back into it, and it's cold, and it's refreshing, and it's amazing. And I'm looking at this promise, and he says, listen, I'm going to strengthen your frame. Some of us need to be strengthened, don't we? Some of us are having some struggles and thinking, God just says, listen, you're not supposed to be weak. I'm going to strengthen you. And how many of you know if he created the universe, he has a little bit of power to give us, amen? I will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Hallelujah. So this morning, why don't we stand as we close? And I want to just close this with this one last thought. This idea of fasting is not to earn the things we just spoke of. Do you understand that? Are you, are you catching me? Fasting doesn't earn you anything. But it does position you and I to fully understand what God wants to do in our lives. So I want to just encourage us. As in fact, why don't we just close your, close your eyes. I'm going to pray over you this morning. Lord, that you would quicken our hearts and our minds to work and our spirit to work in unity, unity, God. To work in unison together. Father, we don't want to just read words in your scripture and have these promises preached on Sunday and then go back to living like we were before. Father, I pray in this next week of fasting, however you challenge us to do it in whatever ways, God, that you would allow us to see more fully the promises and the, the truth that you've already purchased for us. You've already declared healing. You've already said yes to salvation and the breaking of chains and the freedom and the change of heart and all of these things, God. Lord, I pray that this week as we fast, we would feast on your promises, God that you would satisfy the deep longings of our heart, not, not through some religious exercise, but through the heart of a father to his children. Help us to see things we haven't seen before, to hear your voice in ways we've never heard it before, and to experience you in ways that are new and profound and full of revelation, oh God. Let it be so, I pray. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Be blessed. I'm going to be up here at the front. If anybody has any fasting questions you want to ask me, I'll be up here and uh, any of the practical questions.
issues of it. Um, be glad to walk you through that. And, uh, but be blessed and go with God. Amen.